You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, growth at the AM The Fan in beautiful, dark Milwaukee. Uh, I guess you could say here as we do a post-game podcast on Green and Growing. Uh, we being me, Nathan Marzian, was off at the Marquette basketball game tonight, so I wasn't able to watch the Bucks game. So it's just you and me. Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, 129-125. to And before we get into the game, let's uh, quickly just touch on since I don't have a radio show per se, we only have these podcasts, this one, Curtin Long, and then the Spare Time Bowling Show, which you can download, of course, on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, the news of the day, Brewers, uh, Craig Council, uh, uh, essentially, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, choosing to go to the Chicago Cubs uh, and uh, stabbing the Brewers in the back, or however you want to go about phrasing it, uh, for $8 million a year. Uh, Tom Verducci of SI uh, had a source that said uh, this has been Council's dream job <clears throat> uh, to be the manager of the Chicago Cubs, uh, which is just even more ludicrous to think of uh, everything before this, growing up uh, and going to you know the park with his father when his dad worked there, uh, living in Wisconsin pretty much a majority of his life and so forth. And uh, the Cubs is his dream job, so that's wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to hear uh, more about that uh, and so forth, I uh, did a great interview with Tim Muma of Brewer Fanatic. That's up at 1250amthefan.com as well as on your Odyssey app. Uh, and uh, I vented. The Verducci's thing I didn't see just until before I started this podcast. So that's not in there. But a lot of other stuff of me uh, venting uh, and Tim Muma trying to calm me down. I'm still mad. But uh, we're going to try and focus on the Bucks here. Bucks get the win. And uh, very happy uh, with uh, the Bucks tonight, specifically uh, in the fourth quarter. Because the, the one thing that... We don't really know is how this whole thing is going to play out in fourth quarters kind of going forward. We know in the last, you know, minute or two of the game uh, that it should be the Damian Lillard show, right? I mean, you give him the ball, get out of his way and let him work. Tonight uh, in the fourth quarter of the game, it was the Giannis show. Uh, Giannis determined he was just going to kind of take over, highlighted um, by him hitting a a three-point shot. And while that was nice that he hit the three-point shot after he missed one and uh, got the ball thrown back out to him after a rebound and then took another one and hit the second one, I I, I said this before, and I'm not going to change my tune and probably never going to change my tune. So I'm going to sound repetitive. 
You do not want him shooting seven three pointers in the game, folks. Like that, that's just not a thing. And he shot what four three pointers, I think it was, in the first half of this game. Didn't make a single one. Kept shooting though. And I understand it's the regular season. So maybe for the regular season, they told him, hey, Giannis, tell you what, shoot as many threes as you want, buddy. Doesn't matter. Don't really care one way or the other. You know, as long as we, you know, win our fair share of games, doesn't matter. I mean, it's going to affect your field goal percentage, but doesn't matter to us as far as coaches go. It's win loss. So if you want to practice in games, uh, acting like it's practice or something and take a bunch of threes, go ahead. Now, if that's the philosophy and that's the mentality, but that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, as long as this mentality stops by the time the playoffs start, I'm fine. But if if we tell him that he can shoot as much as he wants, green light, shoot as many threes as you want, Giannis, go get him. And then when the playoffs start, you're going to tell him, uh, now we change our mind. Mm, no more threes. He's going to lose his damn mind. Like, So you better make it very clear as far as where this is going. Like if it's going to be, okay, it's a regular season, do what you got to do, but and when we get to the playoffs, we're going to pull this back a little bit. We don't want you taking all these threes in the playoffs. Now, again, if his three-point shooting percentage improves dramatically, and I mean dramatically in the regular season, where that becomes a possibility, okay, fine. Then all this practice that he was doing during regular season games, like taking seven threes and a win against the Nets tonight, is all worth it. But, man, like we talked about this before. I don't want him running into five people. And I don't want him shooting a bunch of threes. And here we are shooting a bunch of threes and they won. So no big deal. We move on. And even if they would have lost because it's a regular season game, it still wouldn't have been a big deal. That's just one thing. Let's talk about a couple of other things in this game that is becoming very, very clear. When Giannis and Brooke Lopez are both out of the game, they're screwed defensively. I mean, they are beyond screwed defensively at this point. And that reason is because they have no other rim protector. Robin Lopez is so bad, they won't even consider putting him on the floor at this point. And in this game uh, against the Nets, when both those dudes were out, and even when Giannis was out there, but was, you know, having to guard somebody on the wing or whatever, it was essentially a layup line at the rim. I mean, there was absolutely nobody to stop these guys. Cam Thomas, you want to get a layup? Go run towards the rim. Go have yourself a field day. That is a big, big problem. And when we talk on this podcast and the Green Growing Podcast, we talk about the playoffs, right? It's not about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. And we're going to grow. We're going to get better. Things are going to go in the right direction. And as long as everybody's playing the right way by that point, cool. Well, we're only a few games in. It's only November, but that is something to be thinking about right now at this point, because if I'm Adrian Griffin and his coaching staff, you have to think through all scenarios that could possibly happen uh, in a playoff game, a playoff series, or whatever the case may be. And you don't know if Brooke Lopez is going to stay out of foul trouble or even be healthy. You don't know if Giannis is going to, you know, be able to stay himself out of foul trouble because he has been one to get himself in early foul trouble and then have to sit for a while. So how are you going to play? Because you're not going to play Rick Lopez every waking minute. Like that's that's not going to be a thing. There's just no way. So how are you going to defend differently so you don't allow 
these dudes to just crash to the rim whenever they want. Because that was a definite issue this game. And we've seen it in the past as well. Once they both were out, it was predetermined by the Nets of just go to the rim every time. Whoever's got the ball, go. And let's see if they can stop us. And the answer was no. The Milwaukee Bucks could not stop you from getting to the rim when you wanted. They went to zone a little bit. Try to force Brooklyn to shoot over the top of them. And again, another one of those situations where guys catch fire. And tonight, Cam Thomas caught fire. I mean, he shot, he had 45 points in this game. Took 33 shots, man. Dude's not bashful, is he? Definitely not bashful. Six of 16 uh, from three in this game. So he, by himself, uh, caught fire. And Mikel Bridges, on a normal night, would have led this team in scoring for the Nets with 31 points. Um, and was kind of outshadowed by how good Cam Thomas was in this thing. That's that's the thing where, and again, we talk about the shot blocking of Brooke Lopez and or Giannis and that being a big deal around the rim and having one of them on the floor. The other issue going on right now is the amount of threes that are being made against this Bucks team. Now, to a certain degree, you can sit here and have the conversation of how much of it is luck that plays into this, right? Because you can have nights where you're not guarding the three well and guys are missing shots. So when these advanced stats guys go look at whatever may be going on, oh boy, they must have defended the three well, well that night. Not, they don't don't watch the game, but just based on numbers, oh yeah, man, they, they did really well against the three. In reality... It was no different than the other night. May have been worse, but the other team was missing threes. So your numbers look good. Right now, they're not defending the three well at all. And really haven't been. Now, does that change at some point? Hope so. <laughs> I mean, you've got months to figure this out. And that's why everybody just has to take a breath sometimes. You think, <sighs> right? It's going to be okay. It's November. Now, if we get to March and everything we're talking about is still problems and issues, okay, well, then we can start talking about freaking out and be like, okay, well, maybe this team's not going to make that run. But they have to figure out how to play under the new offense and defensive systems that Adrian Griffin has put in. Plain and simple. And they're going to figure it out and they're going to you know, play better, or at least that's the thought, as the season goes on, as they learn how to play together. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And one guy that stunk for the Bucks last year was Crowder, Jay Crowder, 
and he got going a little bit from outside tonight, which was nice to see as well. He was four for nine from three tonight, 15 points. Overall, the bench itself scored well. Four guys and double figures off the bench. Take that every day of the week. And they needed all of it because he only won by four points because, again, defensively, you were having all kinds of problems in this game. But that's that's the thing about this Bucks team where everybody doesn't have to be on in order to win basketball games. You could have, you know, your star, one of your stars, go off and have a big game. Damian Lillard just had a run of a mill game for Damian Lillard and had 21. 21. And I'm telling you, you watched that game and you weren't thinking, oh boy, Lillard's got 21. No, never even crossed your mind. You're like, oh, he's kind of had an okay game and nothing special though, right? Just kind of doing his thing. And that was big. Middleton. I know everybody wants to get on Adrian Griffin for every other little damn thing, but Adrian Griffin has figured out, okay, if minutes or a minutes restriction is going to be a thing for Chris Middleton. And by the way, congratulations, Chris Middleton, 21 minutes. If minutes restrictions are going to be a thing, then that's okay. Then we're going to save Middleton's last four minutes for the last four minutes of regulation. Now, the only thing that could backfire here, obviously, is if they go to overtime, they're going to lose Middleton. But still, that's okay with me because you give Middleton out there on that floor like he was again tonight, and you give him the opportunity to either get fouled going up, which happened, or to hit a contested shot, which happened, and he becomes another viable threat in the closing minutes of game games outside of just Giannis and Damian Lillard. And that's the other thing you have to remember here. When everybody's getting all critical of the coaching staff is you still haven't had Middleton for the full 30 or so minutes on a given night. I mean, Lillard played 34, Giannis played 35, Brooke Lopez played 27, and you got 21 out of Middleton, which is a lot. I mean, he'd been running at 17 minutes. And then off of the bench, you got 30 for Crowder, 26 for Bobby Portis, 16 for Bochamp. Now, these are minutes. Cameron Payne, 16 minutes, and Pat Connaughton, 19 minutes. I mean, everybody played a fairly significant amount of minutes in this game. And playing Giannis, 35 minutes, uh, and Damian Lillard, 34 minutes. If we go back to the Bud days, this is uh, seems kind of high, right? Playing both those guys those minutes. But again, they're trying to figure out chemistry. They're trying to figure out how to win these basketball games as they're trying to develop their chemistry. That's kind of all part of it. And that's that's the one area here where you're really never going to get to that true full what it feels like until you can get Middleton's minutes back up to where they need to be. And once Middleton gets up to being around 30 minutes a game, now these three are going to be out there on a more consistent basis. Now you know exactly when Middleton's going to be out there and how the sub pattern is going to work. It's going to work differently. The more minutes he plays, that allows Adrian Griffin some different opportunities of who he wants to stick out there. The other thing that I've noticed from you Bucks fans, y'all are getting all worked up about who the hell is on the court for these guys. And listen, I was worked up, right, previously last week about, dude, we can't have five bench guys out there without Giannis and Lillard. Okay, but now, if you take a step back and think about it, maybe, just a guess, maybe, those few minutes where he's playing without Giannis and Lillard and giving them both the rest at the same time, maybe that's when Middleton is going to be out there with 
four of those guys. And that's how he's going to get through it. So once Middleton is up to 30 minutes or so a night, then Middleton will be out there while Giannis and Lillard both rest. Maybe that's part of the plan. Even if that's not part of the plan, let him coach. Let Adrian Griffin try and figure out who he likes on the floor at the same time. Let's figure out what these rotations are going to be. Which five guys does he want out there playing with each other kind of going forward? What players have good chemistry playing off of each other? And you can say, well, the majority of the team's new. Or majority of this team is the same. Fine. But Malik Beasley is in the starting lineup. He's not the same guy. Damian Lillard is in the starting lineup. He's not the same guy uh, that was on this team last year. Cameron Payne. He's getting run. Considerable run. He wasn't on this team last year. So three of your nine are getting considerable run right now that haven't played with any of these dudes. Then if you throw in Marjan Bochamp, who had some run last year, but now he's getting a little bit more consistent run night in and night out. And it looks like he's found himself a spot in this rotation as he continues to play pretty well. He played well uh, again tonight, did Bochamp. And his score time, but played fine. So he's got to learn how to play with these guys. That's a lot of new. It really is. You know, you don't have a brand new roster. You didn't turn it over fully like a Deion Sanders Colorado football team. But when you're talking about basketball, it's kind of like, you know, synchronized swim a little bit, right? I mean, it's got to be kind of all working together in motion. And that's why when you have teams that have been together forever or core pieces that have been together forever, it really helps. When you have Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, Looney. These guys have been together forever, right? That's four fifths of your starting lineup that have played together for years. Everybody knows where everybody's going to be. Everybody can anticipate somebody making a move before they even make a move. It's almost like one teammate knows the other teammate better than that teammate knows himself. If you follow my drift, what I just said. And that's where you got to try to get to now with Lillard, Beasley, uh, specifically those two. And then coming off the bench with this, the second wave of guys, campaign, march on Beauchamp, and so forth. But just chill and relax about what he's running out there right now as far as what five are on the floor. It is freaking November. We aren't even to Christmas yet. And for a lot of people, this NBA season don't even start to Christmas before people start tuning in, turning it on and watching these games. So just everybody take a breath on what he's running out there as far as the people he's putting on the floor. The spacing hasn't been great on the offensive side of the floor either. So there's a lot of stuff that they're having to work on during the course of the season. The nice thing is you've got enough star power that you can still win basketball games despite the fact that you're really not gelled or synced up or anything like it. And as a Bucs fan, you should be okay with this. Like, okay, we don't have it all figured out yet, and we're still winning. And... This Nets game was highly entertaining. This was the Nets having two guys go off, Cam Thomas being the main one, and the Bucs trying to keep up and figure this out and, and stay with them, and then able to finally, you know, get a win there in the fourth quarter when Giannis took off. Middleton had a couple of big shots uh, there in that fourth quarter as well. I mean, Damian Lillard misses a key free throw down the stretch there uh, that could have made it a two-possession game. And he normally doesn't miss. He doesn't miss free throws usually in that situation. He doesn't. The one game he was 17 of 17 from the line this year. I mean, the dude just doesn't miss free throws. So even 
they even overcome that, right, and still won this game. Now, again, if you're not good, if you're not a good team, that missed free throw probably results in the other team coming down, boom, hitting a three, tie game, just because you missed a free throw. You go down, you screw up, they go down, they win the game, and it's over, and you lose. When you're good, you can overcome stuff like that and still win these basketball games, which, again, is another positive for what they have. Now, it doesn't give credit to Adrian Griffin or anybody else. I'm not saying it's they're the reason why they won tonight necessarily. But when you have a lot of talent, you can overcome stuff like that. Now, I want to address a couple of things I saw on Twitter while this game was going on, 129-125. Bucks get the victory uh, over the Nets, which was a beautiful thing. All right, a couple of things I I, uh, marked here. One of which was from Maxence. I think that's how you say it. Uh, He tweeted during the game, Matt is getting in the way of the development of guys like Marjan. Ajax and AJ Green trade his bleep, but we'll just use the word but. I am not a Pat Connaughton guy. I've not been a Pat Connaughton guy. However, Marjan's still getting his minutes, so he's not hampering Marjan. They're not going to play Marjan more minutes if Pat Connaughton was hurt, right? Or suspended or whatever, not available. I don't think that really increases Marjan's minutes. A.J. Green, in order for him to play, he's got to shoot lights out. Plain and simple. If he's not shooting lights out, then there's no point of having him on the floor. Andre Jackson can't shoot. It is the NBA. He can't shoot. Uh, Smart player, right? Knows how to make the right pass. He's got the intangibles that you want. But why? Why? He's going to be a G League guy. I, I don't. I don't see how he's not a G League guy uh, at this point. And there's nothing wrong with being a G League guy. Plenty of guys go down there, get their stock up, and come back. Chris Livingston, he's going to be a G League guy. Same thing. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right now, they're playing their core nine. And I am sure that throughout the course of the year, they will expand from nine to maybe 11 in some games where a couple of guys are going to get some run because I think Adrian Griffin who played the game knows that you do have to give some of these guys run here and there. And I don't know, you call it scraps, call it bones, whatever you want to call it. Some of these guys have got to get a few minutes from time to time here, because if they're not getting run, let's say it's uh Let's pick somebody here. Let's say it's Robin Lopez, right? And I'm not saying I want Robin Lopez to play, but I'm just going to use this as an example. Let's say Robin Lopez doesn't play for two months, gets no run in any of the games. And now something happens to Brooke, and now he's got to go in there and start, right? He's got to go start. Haven't played in two months. Practices haven't been in a game in like two months. It's going to be a process for him to kind of find his way again if he's got no run whatsoever in any game action. And I'm not saying it's got to be, you know, quality minutes in the first half of a game or down the stretch. We got to make sure Robin Lopez is in there to get his minutes. No, man. Playing the last couple of minutes of, you know, the third of the second quarter going into the break or whatever the case may be. If you're giving Brooke Lopez a breather, fine. 
couple minutes there. Maybe a couple of minutes uh, middle of the third quarter. If you give Brooke Lopez an early breather, give him four or five minutes. And not every game, not every second or third game. But again, every couple of weeks, you, some of these guys have got to get some run. Because if they don't, when it is needed, and if they do have to go get them because somebody is hurt uh, or is out with a sprained ankle or whatever the case may be, they're going to look so good probably because they haven't been playing. Yes, practice, but that is not the same thing. So that to me, I think you're going to continue to see some of these guys get some run throughout the season. I don't think, I guess I could be wrong. I just don't think that the regular season means that much that you need to play the same nine guys every game, the whole season. I think this right now is them trying to find their chemistry, trying to find the rhythm, trying to make sure the nine most important players on this roster, which is what I'm going to deem them as the nine most important, because that's how Adrian Griffin is playing it. So if they're the nine most important players on the roster, then they need to know how to play defense within this system. And they need to know how to run the offense that they're trying to run as well. Once they got it down and he feels comfortable that they now have it all under control. Okay. Now you can start sprinkling in some of these other guys that aren't going to be playoff guys that aren't going to be major rotation minute guys, but scattering them in here and there in these games where you should have it under control. Uh, what games? I don't know. Say the Pistons. Maybe that's one of the teams where you're feeling pretty good about yourself. The Hornets. Maybe that's another game where you're feeling pretty good about yourself and you're okay giving them some minutes because you have enough talent, more, way more talent than the other team where it's not going to be a big deal. I think that's how that changes. So I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with the, the content take as far as getting in the way of development because Marjan's getting his minutes. Uh, Andre Jackson's not ready, not close to being ready, and A.J. Green's just not a dude. So he's a shooter, definitely a shooter. Outside of that, I don't see anything else. Uh, and if again, he's not on, and he's he's had a little run here in the beginning of the year, and he was not on, and he did not help much. Uh, Uncle Jay uh, on Twitter tweets, would like, in capital letters, to see Marjan close, close this game right now in place of Brooke Lopez. I started to tweet back, at Uncle Jane. He didn't tweet it. I mean, I just, I follow him. I follow all the, the people that used to listen to 1250 or follow me on Twitter. I was going to tweet back at him. I'm like, you can't leave Giannis out there all by himself to be the only big on the floor. And then I'm, as I'm looking at this, I'm like, they don't even have any bigs on the floor. So from that perspective, having Giannis be that one guy, and this was with four minutes to go in the game, four, four and a half. It's right when Middleton came back. I think it was right in the area of when he tweeted that out. So you could have went smaller and had Giannis play the center for the last four minutes of the game. The one thing we don't know is Giannis's thoughts on playing that five position and for how long of stretches of periods of time does he want to play the center position? We know he doesn't want to start at center. Pretty positive of that. Pretty positive he doesn't want to play 30 of 35 minutes at center. Pretty feel pretty good about saying that. Now, is he okay playing center in closeout situations to get a defender uh, and a three-point shooter? That's what we're going to call Bo Champ. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but either way, to get him on the floor. Is he okay with that? Is that something that you should experiment with during the regular season? I would say, yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. 
And you just tell Brooke Lopez, just pull him aside, one of the coaches, and be like, listen, we're not going to be doing this very much, but we want to see what it looks like. So just go chill out, relax, and we're going to try and finish this thing with Giannis at the five, and we just want to see what it looks like with Marjan on the floor with these guys. And play it out and see what happens. And maybe you do it a handful of times during the season. And then if you are in a game situation in the playoffs where there are no significant bigs on the other team and you can get away playing that way, then you feel comfortable doing it because you've ran it several times in closeout games to closeout games in the regular season. And that's where it benefits you. As Nathan Marzian has pointed out numerous times on this podcast, everything that happens in the regular season season should be about the postseason. Just like every move that the Bucs make in the offseason should be about winning an NBA championship. Not about what happens in November and December in the regular season and what their scoring averages are and what their assist numbers are and all that. No. It should be about how does this look in the postseason? How much better are you as a playoff team? That's what has to be asked. And everything that Adrian Griffin does should be centered around what gives me the best opportunity to win in the postseason. You can use the regular season as your uh, experimental ground, right? Where you can use it as a glorified extended exhibition season if you so choose. And you need all the time you can get because you change two different systems. And you heard Griffin uh, over the weekend. Was that Friday? I think it was, yeah. When he talked about the fact, or was it Saturday? I don't know. The the City League game, whatever night that was. I think it was Friday night against the Knicks. Talking about the fact that his players came to him and said, hey, hey Brooks got to play drop. He's just got to play drop coverage with Brooke. Like, that, that, this, is, this isn't something that should be that hard to figure out. We've watched him do it successfully this whole time in Milwaukee. Why are we changing him? And Adrian Griffith said, okay, fine. That's what you want to do. That's what we'll do it. And he let him switch. Brooke Lopez had like a million blocks in that game. And then people were on Twitter getting all mad at Adrian Griffin for listening to his players. What? Why would you be getting mad at Adrian Griffin for listening to his players? Now, you can be mad at Adrian Griffin for not knowing better. Okay, I guess. But again, a good coach does listen to his players. A good coach Listens to everybody, listens to the assistant coaches, listens to his players, whatever. It does not matter. Like there was a, a story. When was it? Uh, first week or two of the season in the NFL. And Andy Reid tells a story of, what was it a janitorial person or whatever the case may be? Remember the janitor staff? Uh, that was harping on Andy Reid to run a certain play and said, man, I got to play. It'll work. And you got to run my play. You got to run my play. And Andy Reid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, he wore Andy Reid down. He's like, okay, fine here, dude. Here's a sheet of paper. Write your play up on here uh, and give it to me. So guy writes it all up. Boom, 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 boom. Here you go. And he Reid looks at it and goes, hmm, that's pretty good. Okay. So Andy Reid then runs that play in the game. They score, and the guy's going nuts. He's like, that's my play, that's my play. And, of course, she doesn't believe him. Um, but that's the type of stuff where like, you can't allow your ego to get in the way 
all the time to think it's my way or the highway and I'm not going to change. Because those people that get to that point put themselves in a position not to succeed. You have to be willing to be open and listen to everyone around you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm a very, very stubborn person. And anybody that's worked with me will tell you I'm a very, very stubborn person. And I've tried over the years, I think fairly well, by the time it was all said and done uh, at SSP was back when we had shows and a staff when I was a boss. Uh, as far as listening better and in, in getting better at that than I was much better than I was back say, when I was in my 30s, let's say. And Adrian Griffin, first time as a head coach, is going to have to learn kind of his way as far as what kind of a head coach he wants to be. What kind of a leader is he going to be? And that's going to be a process. And that is why this regular season is so important. You have to let him, you have to let him succeed. You have to let him fail. You have to let him figure it out. And this is not Phil Jackson. This is not Greg Popovich. This is not Eric Spolstra. This is not Mike Boonholzer. This is not a guy with a long tenured track record of success. You have to let him make his mistakes and not freak the hell out every time he does. These games don't mean anything. If we're talking about a game in November, in June, something is wrong with us. I'm telling you right now, something is wrong with us. When we're in June, or the Bucks are in May or June or whatever, we're going to be talking about those playoff games. That's what we're going to be talking about. I'm not going to be talking about some damn game in November or December. And oh my God, remember in November when he had this, the, the, these five guys on the floor together? And the response is going to be, no, and why do I care, man? Focus on what's going on here. Focus on the playoffs. That's what we care about. I don't care about him trying to figure things out back in November or December. That's what got you to here and not having that same combination on the floor because he learned from that experience. I spent a majority of this podcast trying to settle people down about Adrian Griffin because I'm... During this game, I've seen more and more people. Adrian Griffin is in the dude. Fire Griff. Hashtag fire Griff. And all this nonsense. I was like, slow down. Like, let's give these guys a chance to figure this thing out. Not to mention his coaching staff. He's got to figure out how to work with his coaching staff, too. These aren't all guys he's worked with. He's never worked with Joe Pronti, to the best of my knowledge. So that, that is something that all has to be taken into consideration uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, like I said. Uh, they get to win 129-125, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, next up uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, coming up Wednesday uh, against the Detroit Pistons in Milwaukee. Uh, then Thursday night, maybe we'll do a post-game podcast. I'm not sure. We're going to find out from uh, Mr. Marzian in Indiana on NBA TV. Uh, that is a 6 o'clock tip for that one. And then Saturday in Orlando against uh, the young up-and-coming Magic team. Uh, who have shown uh, some fun stuff on tape so far. So we'll see what that looks like as well coming up on Saturday. Not really uh, any tough games here. I mean, Detroit, Indiana, Orlando, those are all very winnable games, I would say. And then after that, you're home against the Bulls on Monday the 13th. That's a winnable game. At Toronto, at Charlotte. The next game that's really a tough game, based on paper, and again, you can lose any game in the NBA, but based on paper, isn't until the 18th. Saturday night against the Mavericks uh, at five or four on NBA TV. That's really the next tough game. And then they get the Celtics on Wednesday, the 22nd, like heading into Thanksgiving in Boston on ESPN 630 tip. That game 
It's going to be a game everybody's going to want to watch. Drew Holiday versus Damian Lillard. Oh, buddy. Mark it on your calendars, November 22nd. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Green and Growing. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Follow Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian. And, of course, download the Green and Growing podcast on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Enjoy the rest of your day. 